0: Why does attraction matter? Why do I have a whole podcast all about how to become the most attractive that you can be? Here is the truth of the matter. Attraction is the first step in every relationship that we have. It is not only... For romantic relationships, although that's how we as people primarily think of it. But when you look at the way that we view attraction, the research that I have done, that, that my dad has done, that he taught me on, on the pies of attraction, these four areas, the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual areas of attraction, then you begin to realize that this is a step in a relationship That is a continuous step. It's something that never ends, but it is the first thing that helps a relationship to begin because let's just put physically aside for a minute, but intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, these are the people that we are looking to engage more with people who feel like make us better in all of the four areas, but also that we feel we can add value to them as well. We look for this for workplaces that we want to join, churches that we want to join. We're looking for places where we feel like we fit. So here is the truth of the matter. Attraction is a lifelong process. It is not an end result. It is not a number on a scale or a gene size that you fit into. It is not a measurement of a bicep. That's what my husband is all about right now. It's not any of those things that you then acquire or hit, and therefore you have arrived. It is a lifelong journey of becoming the best that you can be, living into your fullness and into your purpose, fulfilling what it is that God has set you here on this earth to do. I believe that the pies fit into every single one of those. And so this podcast, when I started it about a year and a half ago now, it was because of my own personal desire to want to continue to grow, be better, do better, show up better in my relationships, because all of those things mattered to me. And I saw the podcast as a way of sharing what I was learning with all of you. You, whether you realize it or not, are sneak peeking into my own life's journey as well. I have said to many people, I am an open book. And that's true. I really am. I share a lot about my life, about my marriage, about my my kids with people because number one, it's one way that I continue to learn and grow and, and wrestle through things when I share with others. But also I know the power that can be there when someone is just willing to be real. I'm willing to be real with y'all. And in today's episode, I'm going to share with you a journey that I'm currently on, a struggle that I am currently in, a confession that I need to make. Let's dive in to today's episode. Physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. These are the four areas of attraction, or as, as insiders like to call it, the Pies. Join me, Kimberly Beam Holmes, as we speak with other experts around the world on how to become the most attractive that you can be. Create confidence and find happiness. We will teach you how. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. People ask me all the time Kimberly, which area of my pies should I focus on first? And the answer to that question is the one where you need to see the most growth. That is why I have created an attraction assessment. This free assessment is designed to help you learn what areas of attraction you should be working and focusing on first. This will be the foundation of your journey to becoming a more attractive person to your spouse, to your friends and family, but most of all to yourself. Click the link in the show notes to take the free assessment today. Several episodes ago, I had a conversation with Ian Simpkins, who is also my pastor, just as a fun side note, but he had been preaching at church for several months now on rest on realizing that we are not made for a life that we don't have time for. And he just kept saying it, kept talking about it, the importance of it, how in the garden, Adam and Eve, their first day of life was a day of rest. They didn't have to do anything to be loved by God or accepted by God or admired by God. God loved them exactly as they were before they ever did a thing. And this, this premise, this premise of rest, the premise of Sabbath, how it's so important in scripture, how God is so clear that he expects for there to be a full day, that there is nothing that these people do because he wants them to remember that their worth doesn't come from what they did, which was true when they were slaves in Egypt, their worth came from how much they produced, how much they could achieve. But here... In God and in what he was calling them into that that wasn't it. In fact, God wanted to make it clear. So he set aside a day and that day is what was going to set them apart as his people to say, you're not a part of what the world wants you to do. You're not a part of that slave mentality anymore. You are now free because I call you free. Now, for those of you listening who aren't people of faith or Christians like I am, there's still truth in that for all of us in that we are not made for a life we don't have time for. And we're not made for a life that we're too stressed out for. None of that is healthy. None of that is good. And so I have been on a journey this year in particular, working that out. And I said on that podcast with Ian Simpkins, which I highly recommend that you go back and listen to, but I said to him, this is one that I need to have on repeat, one that I need to have on replay because it is is speaking to me in what I struggle with most which is rest. So recently, actually on my birthday, I was running because I love to do crazy things on my birthday. like a couple of years ago, I was in Israel, and so I ran up Masada, which is this mountain in Israel. there's not a lot of them, not a lot of mountains in Israel, but for this one, I I, I wanted to do that. And so we were there on my birthday, I ran up Masada. another year on my birthday. Um, I did rope climbs because I wanted to show myself I still could. I try to do some crazy things to, to just show myself that I'm not getting older. Like I'm getting stronger as I'm getting older. I'm not getting weaker as I'm getting older. And so I didn't plan much for this birthday. It kind of snuck up on me. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to run for the amount of years that I am, not in miles, but in tenths of a mile. And so I was running and um, I planned on doing some other stuff that day as well. The run was just kind of my warm up, And I sprained my ankle about a little more than halfway through, about 75% of the way through. I just stepped wrong on a curb or off of a curb and knew I had tweaked my ankle. But I said to myself, I can keep running. And I just kept running until I hit my goal, until I achieved the amount that I wanted to run. And once I got there and started walking, I realized this ain't good. (laughs) I have screwed up my ankle. I mean, I I had to walk more than a half mile home after that and just the whole way hobbling, but also telling myself, I'm walking this off. I'm going to be fine. By the time I got home, I realized I'm not fine. I, I had to ice my ankle. I had to take ibuprofen, which I hate doing. I had to do all of this stuff. And I just was so frustrated at myself for in a couple of ways. Number one, for being an idiot, although I shouldn't have said that to myself. And I I reprimanded myself. I said, I am not an idiot. I just didn't make a smart decision in that moment. But I should have stopped running when I first felt it tweak. But I didn't want to admit to myself that I wasn't strong enough. And I had set out to achieve something and I was going to achieve it come hell or high water. I mean, there was years ago when I used to do CrossFit. By the way, I'm not, I'm not recommending any of these things I'm about to say, but there was years ago when my feet, like the, my shoes in one of the workouts I was doing started giving me blisters. So I just took them off and ran barefoot on the road. Like looking back, I think that's the most ridiculous thing that I ever did, but I was just so committed. And so I have this sprained ankle, which is very hard for me because I don't rest well. I said that at the beginning. It's hard for me. I, and I, and I have this morning routine that is so important to me to be able to have my quiet time with God, to pray, to read my Bible. But then I go out. I want to be in the sun. I want to be going on my walks. I want to be doing my workouts for many reasons. Number one, because it's my time. Like that is what I love to do. It's my sacred time. The I know for years now that after I finish my workout and get ready for my day, then I want to be as full as I can be because I'm going to have to give a lot of me. And so it's my time. And another part of it is mentally, I do a lot during my workday or even at home. Like I'm constantly figuring out challenges, figuring out how to overcome things. And so physically, when I'm able to do those hard workouts or go for those walks and achieve something, it's like training. It's like practice for me for what I'm going to encounter later on in my day. And so it's important to me. It's also a way that I stress relieve because I'm able to get a lot of my energy out, a lot of my stress out, a lot of my anxiety out as I work out. And then I'm kind of able to show up to my day just clear headed because I've gotten rid of what I need to get rid of. I filled myself up with what I need to be filled with and I'm ready to go. And so for the first couple of days after I sprained my ankle, I wasn't going to let it hold me back. So I kept... Walking. I mean, I didn't run, but I was, I kept walking. I even tried to do my workouts. And about five days after I sprained my ankle, it wasn't getting better, probably because I wasn't resting. And I decided to do a weight workout that morning and I ended up hitting myself in the head with, with one of my dumbbells. And it was at that moment, I just surrendered. I, I put the dumbbells down. I laid down on the floor. Thankfully, I was fine. Didn't have a concussion or anything, but I just laid down. And cried and said, I, I shouldn't do this. It's not that I can't, it's that I shouldn't. This isn't what my body needs. This isn't what I need. And I think I need to, to come to terms with right now, strength looks different for me. When I was in yoga teacher training several years ago, I never understood it then, but one of the things that my yoga instructor said was sometimes the strongest pose that you can take during a yoga class is child's pose. For those of you who aren't familiar with yoga, child's pose is really where you are just face down on the ground. You kind of have your hips over your feet. So um, it's, it's this pose that you go into as a rest pose. And she said, sometimes child's pose is the strongest pose that you can do. Because sometimes we want to achieve so bad. We want to do so much. We want to just keep piling on, piling on, adding the stress, adding the to-do list, adding the things that sometimes mentally, the hardest thing for us to do is stop and love ourselves and give us the grace we need in that moment. I thought it was ridiculous then. I get it now. So why am I sharing all this with you? I have I have more that I'm about to go into, but I want you to realize that I learn from these podcasts just like you do. So I had that conversation with Ian, which I shared with you. And this is me sharing with you how I have been struggling with implementing REST and changing my mindset. But I had a conversation recently with Austin Sullentrop, who is at StrengthsFinder. He's over their global initiative to expand. And StrengthsFinder is all about really leaning into what your strengths are and focusing on how to make those better than focusing on your weaknesses and what you're bad at. And one of the things that we talked about during that episode is is the importance of really understanding what you are wired to do. How you are wired the way that God made you is the way that I believe it and look into it. And so after that episode, I went back and I looked at the strengths finder test that I took five years ago because I couldn't remember at the time of the episode. I didn't, I didn't prep well before, um, with my stuff, with looking back and actually getting my results that I had taken five years ago. And so I looked back after the episode and I, I read through all five and here were my strengths. The first one was competition. After that was significance. The third was focus, the fourth was restorative and the fifth was belief. So I'm going to break down for you what what those mean. So having a strength of competition means that I strive to win. I mean, it's it's pretty much as simple as that. I like for there to be measurement. I like to see what it is that is needed of me and I want to not just meet that expectation, but exceed it. The second one is significance, which means that I want to do something that's important. I want to have an effect on people. I mean, one of the ways that it even says it is to leave a mark on the world. The third one being restorative means that I love being able to see problems and find a way through them. Focus means that it's important for me to know what I need to focus on. And what is expected of me relates a lot back to what I said with competition so that I can, I can focus on that. And then belief means I have a very strong set of values and beliefs that drive what I do and how I do it. And I'm going to be real with you. When I saw these results, especially the first one, especially competition, I was ashamed because I always saw it as a weakness. On top of this, I have been reading the book Dare to Lead recently by Brene Brown and working through that with some of my co-workers. And I read the section just a couple of days ago about values. And in it, it, there's a list of values. And this is something that I even do and have people do in the Your Best Self course that I have. But there's a list of values. And I love going through this exercise because it, it's just a list of like 50 to 100 words and you're supposed to circle or underline the top 10 that just resonate with you, not because of what you have been told to be or what you think is expected of you, but because of who you are at your core. And so I go through and I underline these words, but the goal is that you get to the top two or three. And even as I was going through that there, I ended up with, with three words, one of which I added, but the three words were achievement making a difference, and Jesus. I value Jesus. I can't hide that. He guides everything I do. And so that one is just overarching to all of the other ones. But when I looked at achievement and making a difference, like making a difference, great. But even looking at that word achievement, and I couldn't, like I, I struggled. I wrestled with myself. I tried to do everything that I could for achievement to not be one of those words. Like I just kept reading through it and saying, like, (laughs) I was about to say flash. My husband and I are watching Chuck right now, which is an older show, but he has this intersect in his brain and he flashes on things that are government secrets. And so I just kept looking at these lists of words and I just wanted to say like, flash, like find a different word, find something else that just really resonates with you. But it was achievement. And then I looked at this list and saw the competition and they are things that I have wanted to act like weren't there because it feels self-centered. And I, I don't want to achieve just, just to achieve. Like I really had to sit down and think, why, why are these words? Why are these behaviors? Why is this how I'm wired? Because clearly it is. It comes up when people talk about me. It's one of the first things they say. And it's not necessarily something I've loved in the past because I'm like, why can't, why can't my word be compassion or generosity or like loving kindness? Right. Like those aren't the words that people, I, and I'm not saying those words don't describe me in some way, but when it comes to like what I'm really good at, how God has made me, why would he wire me to be this way? And I think all of us may struggle with this at some point of our lives when we look at what we're good at, what we are trained to do, what, what we feel we are called to do, what comes naturally to us that may not come naturally to other people. And we look at it and we say, why can't I be different? And so as I was re- journaling about this, reading through it, praying over it, I realized it, unless I'm in an unhealthy spot in my life, where I do make achievement and competition about me, then really God has wired me this way for a reason. God has given me a gift, a talent to to be wired, to be driven, like overly driven, to to want to achieve things. But guess what? My worth isn't in what I achieve. My worth is in doing what God has called me to do to the extent that God has called me to do it. And I may not be the person who's able to actually take the baton over the finish line. But if I'm able to just be one of the runners in that race that's moving things forward, and I'm able to help something be achieved, that's a win. So I even went through, and, and in the book, Dare to Lead, Brene informs us and and tells the readers you know think about the behaviors that come up for you when you're when you're healthy when you're good in that value and the ones that come up when you're unhealthy in those values and so i was working through that and i remembered my ankle i remembered my foot and why it's so difficult for me to rest and it's not because i'm broken it's because i'm wired a certain way And yes, there is something for me to learn in this season where I can't achieve the specific things I want to achieve. It doesn't mean I'm a failure and it doesn't mean that there's not more for me to do. It doesn't mean there's not something else God has called me to in this season, but it does mean it's an opportunity for me to look at this giftedness, this talent that God has given me and ask God, what do you want me to do with this right now? If I can't do what I have been doing, if I can't do what I love to do with it, if I'm in a season right now to lean in and learn something different then God, show me what it is that you want me to achieve in this season. And that's not a bad thing. I've had to just come to terms with the fact that the way I'm wired, the way that God has made me, it's not a bad thing. And it's not for you either. So lean in. What are your talents? What are your values? How are those working together? Are you accepting those about yourself or are you pushing against it because you wish you were different? Guess what? God only made one of you and you have a purpose here on this earth. I don't know what that is, but there's only one person that you can go to, to figure out what that is. My key takeaways from what I'm currently learning through, how this is how I'm applying this podcast and the things I'm learning to my life. I'm actually diving in and trying to do the work, like taking these finder results, taking what I know about rest and how it's important even in the midst of wanting to achieve. I can't achieve anything apart from God. I can't achieve anything apart from being able to be filled up with God and what God wants me to do, and being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And whatever your faith is, I believe that's true for you too. I, I hope that one day you may even want to explore more about God, about the God that loves you. You may be resistant to God, because of what you have seen other Christians do or from what you believe about God or maybe your own experiences in church in the past. And I would probably say that if, if you have resistance and resentment towards God, then if we were to have a conversation, I would probably not agree with those things about God either. But what I know is there is a God and he's relentlessly pursuing you and he made you. Perfectly and wonderfully. And he has a purpose for you. He has a mission for you. He gave you talents. He gave you purpose. And he wants nothing more than for you to be able to rest in the fact that you are fully and completely loved. So that's my confession that I've been struggling with my pies. I've been struggling with accepting and loving myself. I've been struggling with being able to just rest in the love of God, but I'm pushing through. I'm working through it. And I wanted to share a little bit of what it looks like behind the scenes in my journey with you. I hope you leave a review. Share this episode if there's a friend that you believe would benefit from it. I'll see you next week. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember to follow It Starts With Attraction anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. The more positive reviews we get, the more positive change we can make for relationships and for individuals around the world. For show notes, updates, and the opportunity to join our email list, for encouraging weekly strategies for you to become the best that you can be in all areas of your pies, go to piesuniversity.com. Again, that is piesuniversity.com. Keep working on your pies and always remember, it starts with attraction. If you could rate yourself on a one to 10, 10 being extremely confident and one being confidence has fallen out the floor, you don't even know where it is, you can't see it, you can't find it, what number would you be? If you didn't score a perfect 10, that doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. It just means that there are areas for improvement. Research suggests that like attracts like. That's why I created the Best Self Course, a 30-day online course designed to help you completely reset everything you thought you knew about attraction, tell you the truth about what real attraction is, help determine your goals, and most of all, achieve them. Click the link to join the course now. It is guaranteed that if you go through this course and apply the principles that I will teach you, then you will see dramatic change in your confidence levels, in how you feel about yourself and how you show up in your relationships with other people and become the best version of yourself. This is not a quick fix. This is a sustainable long-term self-evaluation accompanied by an action plan to help you get back on track and live the life that you want. You work on yourself for you. When we work on our pies, it doesn't just help us become more attractive individuals. It helps us realize that we have worth, that we have value. And as a result, our confidence increases. Our self-esteem goes up we begin to actually believe in ourselves and realize that we have worth. That is why I created this course, to show you that you matter, that you are valued, and that you can be doing things right now in your life to treat yourself that way, but also to show others that same sort of grace and kindness and confidence in your life. By completing this course, you will become more attractive to those around you, have better relationships with friends and family, become a better person within your career and occupation, find purpose and fulfillment in your life, and so much more. This is not a diet. This is not a workout routine. This is not a trending fad. This is an action plan to bring real life change. Get the first lesson for free when you sign up today. Click the link below to join now.